0: The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay paul Nadeau.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Inspire Us. I am your host J Paul Nadeau and thank you very much for tuning in. As you know I am a big fan of Clubhouse. On Saturdays for the last year and a bit I have been holding rooms on negotiating your way out of self-sabotage and I have some amazing moderators who join me. People from all walks of life with great experiences. We have doctors. We have trauma specialists. We have people who just want to pour into others. The idea of this room is to have people join us on stage and ask a question or share something that they're going through that they need help with. And the rest is magic. It really is. This episode was recorded on the 28th of May, 2022. And it's just over two hours, but I suggest to you to listen to each and every minute because it covers all kinds of topics, things that you might be struggling with or someone that you know might be struggling with. And the advice and guidance and direction given in this podcast is absolutely healing. So without any further delay, let's go to the episode, Clubhouse Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage in the Take Control of Your Life Room. Hello, Tony. Bear. Good morning.
2: Tony Bear. Hey, good morning, bro. Good morning, King. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Paul. I'm going to need. Um, I'll. I'll. I'll stay in the in in the um, moderator here room. I'm going to need about five minutes or so, and I'll explain when uh, when I uh, get back on or when I flash my
1: mic. You okay. Okay, buddy. Thank, Thank you. you. And good morning, everybody. Good morning, King.
3: Good morning, everyone. Hello, Paul. Hey, Bear. And hello. Well, look, wow, hey, a lot of people jumped in early here. Thank you so much for coming by. And uh, welcome to the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage Room, and we'll just get underway in just a few moments here but in the meantime um, if you know of anyone else who might be interested in this room, uh, if you can uh, ping them into the room that'll be you know greatly appreciated by us so they can come and uh, contribute to the room as well or just uh, sit back and learn a few things and of course if any of you do want to come on stage anytime and ask any questions or share any thoughts just raise your hand and we'll bring you up here on stage but if you aren't able to speak right now you can also pop your questions or comments in the room chat as well and because those are open and so feel free to do that whenever you'd like as well and like i said we'll get in the way in just a couple minutes here so if anyone else needs to go grab a coffee or a quick drink you still have time to do that and uh yeah so uh looking forward to the room I
1: am as well, and I just wanted to uh, welcome everybody, Uh, Zina, I see you, Lauren, Anna, Lisa, Hamid, you are new to Clubhouse, congratulations. Uh, Your uh, your first week here, that's uh, amazing. Aurea, Rotha, Antonio, uh, Tashin, Liliana, Nott, and Kristen, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, Karim just joined, and thank you very much for doing that. Uh, ZZ is, uh, is now a listener as well. Michelle, welcome.
4: Bonjour.
1: Yes, bonjour. We're gonna get started in just a couple of minutes, uh, folks, and uh, we will bring you on stage uh, after the introductions and after I get started with my little spiel, which I always do. And uh, so welcome, everybody. It is Saturday for us. It's Saturday, the 28th of May. 2022, and uh, I'm happy to have everyone here. We're in the Take Control of Your Life uh, Club, and if you would like to join the club, just tap on that little green house and join us. We would love to have you. That way, you'll be notified of every room that we uh, we start. And hi, Jacqueline. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, Dr. Allison. Whoops. There, There we go. All right. So uh, let's get started with introductions and then we'll get going. So I am gonna turn the microphone over to Robert. Robert, were you flashing your mic or are you ready for an introduction?
2: Yes, everybody, thank you. Yeah, good morning, everyone. My name is Robert Nadeau, I am Paul's brother. And uh, I've been in this room now for a while. And uh, as I'm always fond of saying, I come to this room more to learn than to contribute because I think we learn a lot in sharing uh, vulnerability and experiences uh my background uh i um my undergrad was in philosophy i majored in the history of philosophy and science i am a lawyer by day i am an entertainer by night i'm a mentalist uh my tagline is magic for the intelligent mind and my focus has been the last few years on critical thinking. I have developed uh, my own critical thinking program. Um, and uh, I think that's maybe what I bring here is uh, try to bring a little bit of sober second thought sometimes to some of our reflections. Uh, but uh, more than anything else, I'm here to learn. So with that, uh, Paul, I guess maybe I pass it over to King.
3: Yes, please.
2: King, well, yeah.
3: Hi, sorry uh sorry i was just in the, another screen here so i'm back and uh, hello welcome everyone thank you so much uh my name is king i'm a social media and uh, communication strategist and travel blogger and once again similar to Roberta, oftentimes i'm here more to listen and learn, uh, and just, uh, you know, some marvel in the incredible insights that everyone else has, and wherever I can, and where where I'm able to contribute with some of my life experiences to help out here, I certainly do, um, but uh, definitely very happy to be here, and I uh, and thank you to everyone uh, who joins us week after week, and with that, I'm going to pass the mic over to Michelle, so Michelle, if you're ready to introduce yourself, uh, um, I will pass the microphone to you.
5: Thanks King. Hey everyone. Um, welcome to the room. I'm Michelle Geske. I'm a native New Yorker. Uh, I've been a management consultant and transformational coach and trainer for over 25 years. And I'm here to listen, to honor the space, to add in where I can. And my big thing is just that I really see human beings as miracles, like each person. And I'm, I don't necessarily mean that in a truly religious sense. Just, I just think, everybody is unique and rare, and uh, I want to stand for people to break their unconscious patterns and, you know, to be able to see some of the assumptions and beliefs that uh, are sort of blind spots to them, or if they're not blind spots that they've yet been unwilling to really kind of look at from a place that felt safe. And so uh, I'm here today with that background and just excited to hang with all of you. Good
6: morning,
1: everyone.
5: Oh, sorry, Paul.
1: No, I was just going to pass it over to you, Jacqueline.
6: (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Um, So happy to be back. I haven't been here the past couple of weeks as I've been traveling, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I am the uh, founder of a charitable organization called 365 Give. And 365 Give was actually a personal parenting project I started with my son when he was three. um, with the simple idea that I wanted to teach my son to give And in that beautiful journey, it was really my stepping into coming home to remembering who I truly am, which is love. And I think that in this room, it's the conversation we always go back to. How do we step into more of loving ourselves? Because when we're self-sabotaging, we're not doing that for ourselves. And we're living in an illusion that we're not enough. And we had a beautiful conversation, uh, Michelle and I, yesterday with Neil Donald Walsh, and it's about how we all live in this illusion that we're not enough, that we're separate from each other, and that our needs are so great that it allows us to truly not see who we truly are, and that is love, and I believe that it is. And I'm looking forward to our conversation, supporting each other in that journey to returning to love. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to have our time with everybody. I've missed you all. And um, so good to see so many friends here. Zizi, and Doug, and Christopher down below. Um, looking forward to having time with everybody today. Thanks so much. And I will pass the mic.
1: Over to Dr. Allison.
7: Good morning, everyone. Um, My name is Dr. Allison O'Cluffy. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist here in uh, California. I'm also an educational psychologist and a consulting psychologist for the state of California. I was born in New York, but we moved to California when I was young. So my heart's back there, but I, my phys, I'm my i physically here. Um, I just want to share that, you know, Jacqueline, what you said was so beautiful because in my work, that seems to be the number one variable that everyone seems to to the table although later rather than sooner is a lack of self-love self-acceptance and self-worth so if anything today i hope that everyone takes to heart that you are worthy you're worthy of love and just to love yourself and accept what it is because this is what we have and why not celebrate it so thanks paul
1: Thank you, Dr. Allison. And yes, uh, thank you all my mods. Uh, I'm Paul Nadeau and we started this room when I say we, I spoke to King just over a year ago and said to him that I wanted to start a room and asked him if he would join me. And it was really on this topic of self-sabotage and why, because I've had a lot of experience having suffered from it myself as a young boy and, uh, still from time to time sabotage myself. But, I've discovered ways in which to get myself out of that self-sabotaging state. And I wanted to share that with you. My background is that I'm a former hostage negotiator. I also worked as an international peacekeeper and I worked with special victims in the special victims unit. And it was there that I truly discovered the awesome power of how we can change our thought patterns when terrible things happen to us. Some people will remain a victim because they'll feel that there's nothing that they can possibly do to get themselves out of this state, that somebody has taken their power and control away from them and that there's nothing that they can do to restore it. Well, that's just not true. When bad things happen to us, we may feel as though our power is gone or our control is gone, but it's never gone. It's just shifted a little bit. All we need to do is find it and bring it right back to the foresight. And that's what I was helping a lot of victims of crime do And there are different ways of doing this. So what is self-sabotage? And I go through this every week because I want to ask each and every one of you to imagine if any of these apply to you at the moment. And if they do feel free to come and share because our moderators, we do not dispense any kind of psychiatric information here, or this is not a form of therapy. It's from our experiences and from our hearts, and from the hearts and experiences of other people who may have experienced and likely did experience something like what you are going through right now. And together, collectively, we can help each other. That's the whole idea. Jacqueline was mentioning uh, that uh, in, in the room that they were in yesterday, collectively, we are together, and this is what the power of this room is. So let me go through it. The definition of the word sabotage includes to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. Now there's an idea, the deliberation. We've heard of, hey, something was sabotage to this boat, this dock, whatever. It was sabotage, it was deliberately destroyed, damaged, or obstructed. So self-sabotage, on the other hand, that idea of self-sabotage refers to behavior or thought patterns that hold us back and prevent us from doing and living the life that we deserve to live. And much of that is deliberate because we are in charge of our thoughts. Nobody else, nobody else tells us how to feel. We choose that on our own because that is the gift that we were each given. Nobody can make you feel bad unless you give them permission to. Nobody can hurt you. They can say things, but it's up to you to choose how you respond to what is being said or what has been done to you. And if you deliberately choose to allow those things to affect you, then the quality of your life will be affected accordingly. And that's just not acceptable because you are just as worthy as everyone else to live a happy and complete and fulfilled life. Some of the things that may sabotage you are things like blaming others when things go wrong. That's a matter of accountability. That's a matter of not taking responsibility for your actions and saying, okay, you know what? (laughs) I kind of goofed it there, didn't I? I made a mistake. I, I own this. I am not going to blame others for the things that I've done. I need to look into myself and I need to make the changes necessary because I, it stops with me. I did that. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. That's a little prayer that uh, I believe originated in Hawaii and it's powerful. Not another idea, not being accountable to yourself or to others, you know, leaving uh, other people waiting on your word because you gave your word but you chose not to go through with it. That is an act of self-sabotage and it will damage your reputation. If you are giving your word to anyone you deserve and they deserve for you to fulfill it. So uh, choosing to walk away when things don't go right is another example of not taking responsibility or not standing up to something that may seem difficult and say, I can do this, I can do this and program your brain to believe that you can. It is what you tell yourself that manifests. It is what you tell yourself. If you tell yourself that you can't, you're absolutely right. That subconscious mind of yours is going to listen to the conscious mind, the conscious mind being the captain And the captain says, we can't do this. And he shouts it out to the subconscious mind. And all those little subconscious mind people say, captain says we can't do it. And so you can't do it. There you go. Feeling overwhelmed is another one. You just, I just cannot do this. Again, it's that thought pattern. It's what you're telling yourself. You're looking at a mess that you have to clean up or or something that you have to paint looks so big it looks so big and you say i just can't do this i'm feeling overwhelmed so i'm not even going to try well if you don't try it won't get done and the idea here is to take it one step at a time a little bit Uh, if you haven't read the book atomic habits i highly recommend it to you it can help you to take even the largest projects and make them manageable You don't have to do it all at once. Just remember that and celebrate the small victories. That is so very important as well. All right, here's another one. Picking fights with friends or partners for no apparent reason. Well, there's usually a reason if you're picking a fight for no apparent reason. It's likely that you are not being seen or you are not being heard by the person that you're picking the fight with. So examine yourself and if that's the case, it's all right to ask to be seen. It's all right to have a conversation, but it won't happen unless you take that step and say, Hey, I'm feeling neglected here. I'm feeling uh, unloved, whatever it is, we can take responsibility. We can turn those things around. Imagine not having a conversation because you're afraid of, of opening it up. You're the one who feels the sadness of that, uh, dating people, you know, aren't right for you you keep on going back to the same type of toxic people who have hurt you in the past maybe it's a feeling that you don't you don't deserve anybody uh, of of a different nature maybe you think that this is all i can get because this is who i am you get into this status thing they have more status than me that i could never date someone like that again listen to the things that you are telling yourself if you are telling yourself you never can get that person. You're right. You can't because you're going to behave in a way that will keep those vibrations from reaching that person. It's time to change the attitude. It's try, time to change the, the dialogue that you have with yourself. Uh, another big one is is this. Are you having trouble stating your needs and desires with your family members? Maybe you're a student and your parents want you to to go into this particular career because they did, and it's going to make you a lot of money, but you happen to have a heart of an artist and you want to do something different. Are you having trouble stating your needs and desires with your family, your parents in a situation like that? Are you willing to step out and say, Hey, I do have a life and this is what's going to make me happy. Or will you remain a prisoner to somebody else's wishes and desires and never allow yours to grow and to shine? Trouble stating needs and desires with friends or at work. And here's one in romantic relationships. Can you imagine not sharing your needs and desires, what it is that you love, what it is that turns you on, what it is that you want out of the relationship, just out of fear that you may lose that person or just out of fear that they may not have a second or third or fourth date, whatever it is. Well, you're going to be really hurting yourself in the long run because those needs and desires just won't disappear, folks. It's all right to share your needs and desires, your wishes with other people, especially if they mean something to you. Even in your everyday interactions, if something isn't right and you don't like it, it's okay for you in a loving way to say that you don't. Another big one is putting ourselves down. And I've done this, and I, I, as soon as those little get in my head, and start saying things, Hey, you can't do anything right. Paul, you you, don't, don't even try. I become aware of that little voice in my head and I get rid of it. I change my physiology. I change the thoughts I'm having. I start moving around. A lot of us go, why me? Why does this always happen to me? And, and it doesn't happen to anybody else. It's just me. I won't make it. So why should I even try? Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. I'm not going to that party. Nobody's going to pay attention to me. So why should I even go? I'm just going to sit here with my bag of chips or with my bottle of wine and I'm just going to let the life out there continue without me. I'm not worthy of anything. I'm not worthy of this person or of this job or of this opportunity. So why should I even try? I won't even ask that person out. I won't even ask for that job. I'm not qualified, I'm not this, I'm not worthy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And I'm almost done, thank you for hanging in with me, but I feel passionate about this subject, you can tell. Can you imagine having a very dear friend of yours come up to you and say to you, hey, I'm going out for a date. And you're going, oh, wow, that's great, fantastic. How do you feel about this person? Oh, I feel really good. So they go on the date, right? And the next day you say, well, how did it go? And then your friend, Sally or Jim says, well, it didn't go so well. I, there, there was something that just didn't feel right. Did you like them? Yeah, I did. I really did. I wanted to see them again. Well, I know why it is. It's because you're fat. You need to lose 15 or 20 pounds. What did you think? What did you think going to that uh, date? They would think you're just not that interesting, man. You're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're fat. And you're not interesting. Well. You would never speak to a friend that way, would you? Why do you speak to yourself that way? And that's the question I want to ask you. You would never speak to a friend, tell them that they're overweight, tell them that they're ugly, tell them that they're incompetent, whatever it is, you would never tell your friend that. So why do you tell yourself those things? Most of them are lies. And if there's something that you need to change in your life, if there's some weight that you need to lose, then it's okay. You just got to start somewhere and you got to start talking to yourself in a more positive way because the more that we do that the more that we change our state of mind the more we get out of self sabotage and the more that we enjoy this world so thank you so much for paying attention to my spiel and on that note i am going to ask uh, king to reset the room and then we're going to get started with our first speaker i will say uh, I would like to keep the shares to about two or three minutes. I don't want this to be a room of promoting uh, a coaching business that you may have or or anything else. I just want you to share something or ask a question. Just make it about this self-sabotage, maybe something that you went through or maybe something that you're going through so that we can share with you. And please do share this room. There's a little button there and I would appreciate if you do share this room because you're going to find out from the wonderful uh, people that I have here, my moderators, that we have got something to share with you.
3: And so I am over to King, so thank you very much. Thanks so much, Paul. Uh, yes, welcome everyone to the Negotiate Your Way Out of self sabotage room. And of course, the room is hosted by the Take Control of Your Life Club. So if you aren't already a club, tap the little greenhouse up above and become a member of the club. That way you'll be notified whenever we do run this and other rooms that uh, may come up uh, impromptu. And of course, this room has been running every Saturday since January of 2021, I believe it is. So just but almost a year and a half here. And it's been a, you know, just amazing experience for myself and everyone who has been coming regularly. So thank you so much to for everyone who has been joining us. And of course, if anyone does want to come up here on stage and ask any questions or share any thoughts, you can do that by raising up your hand and we'll bring you up when we have a chance. And of course, the one thing I do ask is that anyone that does want to come up on stage, make sure that you do have a bio sort of uh, in, in your account as well and also uh, ideally a social media account attached as well to your account just because we're trying to keep the space up here as safe as we possibly can so we just want to make sure that uh, you're not uh, someone that looking to disrupt the stage or you know or just a, a bot that's uh, just gonna once again coming up here to disrupt the stage as well so uh, if I can ideally ask that you know you said have something written in your bio just so that we know that um that you're not uh, a a troll of some sort and also um, of course if you aren't able to come up on stage you can also share in the room chats um, as well which are open so you can share your thoughts or any questions you may have in there as well if you aren't able to come up on stage to speak and uh, as Paul said we would greatly appreciate it if you could uh, share the room as well with Uh, either people on Clubhouse or on your social medias, just because that does help uh, our room to grow as well. And we would definitely very much appreciate that. And of course, if you do know of anyone that might be interested in the conversation, if you know of anyone that, you know, would likely have some questions, uh, ping them into the room so that they can come and participate as well. And of And then after that, of course, I always say, like, there's always a lot of really interesting people in the room. You know, obviously, my amazing moderators up here are some of those people. So take a look around while you're here, you know, to take look to your left, to your right, you know, above you and read everyone's bios. And if you see someone whose story resonates with yours, give them a follow because obviously Clubhouse takes into consideration the people you follow, the rooms you go into, the clubs you belong to, and it helps, you know, uh, the algorithm curate your experience here. So if you're going to be, you know, on Clubhouse, you might as well make it the best possible experience you can and make it easy for the algorithm to know what you like and the kind of people that you are interested in. And so that definitely helps a lot to improve the experience and make everything a great time for you here on Clubhouse and finally of course I do say just uh, don't just follow the people here on Clubhouse make sure you follow them on their Instagram and Twitter accounts as well because that gives you a chance to get to know them a little bit better and also you know God forbid should Clubhouse not be here like you know in a few months or a year or something like that you won't lose contact with these amazing people that you've met so make sure you follow them also you know on their other platforms as well that way it gives you uh, extra avenues to connect with them and also to make sure you don't lose them um, should uh, Clubhouse House not be around anymore, but hopefully it will be here for many, many great years to come because I've definitely enjoyed it very much and uh, hopefully you have as well. And so with that, I'm gonna pass the mic back over to Paul. Thank you, King, wonderful reset.
1: All right, so let's go to our very first speaker of the day. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. But Zizi, you are first, welcome. Are you there, Zizi?
4: (coughs) Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I agree with whatever you said. It's all connected to our efforts to sabotage ourselves or sometimes we're sabotaged by other people as well. <clears throat> I found that uh, the thoughts, the words we say to ourselves, our beliefs, and believe it or not, the environment can sabotage or unblock the sabotage. Like uh, they found scientifically, if they put a petri dish somewhere and it, that gets clogged and not functioning, they change, they place it in another room, and it, and the experiment works. So sometimes when when you are in a toxic environment, and move from it, like. Sometimes When you said something about when you leave the environment, sometimes it's the healthiest thing to, to leave the environment that you find toxic or that is not because you can't handle it, but because it's not worth your effort to try and handle a toxic environment and just go to another healthy environment and get it over with. So by changing our words to ourselves, the thoughts we harbor about ourselves and the false beliefs that we have inside, as well as move into more healthy and non-toxic environments would unblock our sabotaging efforts or if others are trying to sabotage us. So that's uh, that's my share for the morning. Thank you.
1: Oh, Zizi, thank you so much. What a What a rich share that was. Yes, it is so true. Sometimes and I'm going to go to Jacqueline, uh, but sometimes it's it's not about it's not only about what you tell yourself. It is leaving that environment. Uh, and Jacqueline, over to you.
6: Thanks, Paul Zizi. I'm so glad you brought that up, and I've got all my kids in the background this morning. Uh, I won't apologize. It's just my life, um, Zizi. I want to touch on that. You know, toxic environment that sometimes we find ourselves in. And, you know, that's part of what we can really take a look at in our own lives, who we've surrounded ourselves with. You know, we don't always have full control, but we do have choice. And I think sometimes we forget that. We have choice who our friends are. We have choice the rooms that we go into in Clubhouse. We have choice on what we watch on YouTube. We have these choices of surrounding ourselves with Everything from content to conversations to interaction and human interaction with people that shape our reality, literally, because what we take in through our senses, through our brain, it starts to form what we experience in the world. So what I experience and ZZ, what you have experienced based on our own lives is completely and totally different. And that goes for every human being in the world. So no matter where you live, how you've been brought up, you can learn to stand a little bit back, right? That's awareness. That's conscious awareness, where you can learn to stand back from what's happening around you and start to go more within. Understand that really our true nature is from the inside out, not the outside in. And you can make those choices to surround yourself with the life that you wanna create for yourself. We all have that ability. We all have the ability to create our own story. This isn't new information that I'm sharing, but it's that beautiful reminder Zizi that you're bringing forward today is every choice we make in everything that we consume, we have a choice to choose things that will surround us with more positivity, more love. We have choices in our happiness. And then we also have choices in the toxicity that we surround ourselves with and what we're willing to put up with in our lives. So those choices are so important every single day and everything we choose. Thanks, Zizi, for bringing that forward. That was beautiful, my friend.
1: Yes, thank you. And I love the word choice. Right, Jacqueline? And it really does come to the choices that we make. Also, uh, 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 Robert's not here, but I was going to ask him when he comes back about uh, some of the things that we have to examine in our lives. And some some of the things that we have to examine are the people that we surround ourselves with. Are we with the right tribe? Or are are these people who are around us uh, just not building us up? It, it, are there other people that we could surround ourselves with that would challenge us, that would support us? Uh, Dr. Allison, I saw that you unmuted and I'm going to turn the microphone right over to you.
7: You know, all of the points that Jacqueline brought up are so important, but I also want to offer the other side of the coin on that for individuals who for some reason cannot change their environment at the time. Um, in substance abuse therapy sometimes we call when people jump out of their environment we call them geographics so they they leave and they move to another city another town another home but they bring themselves with them and therefore they bring those unresolved issues and problems and perspectives and just all of their foibles with them without doing that inward um, perusal and i always say to them you know victor frankel was able to um, under horrific circumstances, do an internal inventory and a reflectiveness in in just, you know, overwhelming, harsh, cruel <laughs> concentration camp circumstances. So um, sometimes taking that inward reflection um, can be done even when we're surrounded by people who are not supportive, who are, um, all, you know, just not our tribe and so of course, we want to move to that, you know, wonderful place where we're surrounded by supportive, loving people in a lovely place. But sometimes change can occur in, in the harshest of circumstance. And it first starts with the awareness of something's not right here. Something, and I want to say not right in who we are as a human, but the way I'm thinking, you know, and there's something called metacognition. It's thinking about the way I'm thinking and a lot of times when we're judging ourselves and we're our harshest critic, you know, we have to, why are, why am I doing that to myself? And sometimes it's unconscious, you know, it's, it, we're mirroring the way our primary caretaker spoke to us or treated us um, as, as a young child or, a, you know, a caretaker, or a teacher or, or some other role model. And so for those of you who are unable to move out of a situation that's causing you pain or, or, or grief, um, sometimes it's good to start doing that internal inventory of how I'm thinking about things. How am I looking at my life? What am I saying to myself? Um, and how am I treating myself? And in doing that, and making those changes inside those internal changes, the people around you tend to change because they're uncomfortable with your self comfort. And what'll happen is either they'll remove themselves from you. They'll try and thwart your change, um, or circumstances will somehow work to either have you move out of that circumstance or have them move out of this circumstance just because relationships are are always between these two it's a negotiation between two people it's a dance this lovely dance of of spirits and energy and when your energy shifts and changes and when i say energy i mean when you feel that you love yourself and accept yourself and you are a good person you are worthy and you have self-efficacy, meaning that you know you can do things that you um, choose to do and you can accomplish them, that self-worth rises. And what happens is your posture changes, your countenance changes, and people notice that. And the ones who want you to play small, the people who wanna keep you down or thwart that, if they can, they tend to fade away. Or they tend to create conflict, which is then that impetus knowing that you can physically leave because they have now shown themselves to be a a non-supporter of who you are. So um, I just want people to know that at any point in time in their lives, um, that inside work can be done wherever you are at whatever time. Thanks.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Dr. Allison. Uh, that was a master class. <laughs> I loved it. Zizi, thank you so much for that wonderful conversation and for that wonderful share. It's so very, yeah, it's so very true to uh, to be prepared. To leave the environment if the environment is is one of tox, uh, it's if it's toxic or if it's not working for you, and that's so important. Did you want to add something, Zizi?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to add specifically to uh, rooms on Clubhouse. <clears throat> I have been, I have, I know some people who have been subjected to abuse and harassment in sharing. Like not everybody's like you and this group here, Paul. There are some moderators who make it a point of either belittling people or putting them in a very bad situation. And some people almost feel like they need someone to help them out. I mean, not everybody has the, you know, the ability to feel so independent that they will just walk out and and say, this is not what I want, where I want to be. But there are a lot of people who are doing moderators on Clubhouse who are subjecting listeners I don't think they see themselves as hostesses in a home where they are receiving guests for whom they should be respectful and hospitable and supporting and elevating. I think they see themselves as someone who wants to have an expose of their talents and their knowledge and their degrees and so on. So I brought this up because I I think some people think, well, is it acceptable for me to just walk out? And I would say, yes, this is exactly where one should walk out because there's nothing you can do about it, especially if the moderators themselves are the ones who are being that way or at least one is and the head of the moderators is not doing much about it.
1: Right. Yep. You're absolutely right. And thank you for that. All right,
4: we're going to, uh, I'm
1: just going to move you, Zizi, into the audience and uh, feel free to come back up. I just want to keep the stage rather clear, but uh, what a great conversation that Zizi brought up. And it's so true. If there's a room that you pop into and it's toxic and it's angry, uh, it's your choice. You can stay and you can listen to that or you can leave. But I'll tell you something, the more you expose yourself to dirt, the dirtier it gets for you. And so if you happen to find yourself in a mud bath uh, and and it's not a good mud bath, uh, it's a bad one, well, you're gonna get dirty. Uh, Michelle, did you wanna ask I did off
5: of what you said, Paul, and um, what a rich room already. I think it also, we wanna look and ask, uh, I think this goes back to the wonderful share that Dr. Allison just said about the metacognition. You wanna ask if you are staying there and yet you're suffering, why are you staying there? What is the payoff? Like, what are you getting out of continuing to stay there? Um, Because I think that we really have so much power. And I think the world we observe is not like an absolute condition. I think it's a snapshot of our consciousness. And so if you wanna change your world, you've gotta be willing to kind of take responsibility for the fact that we, I don't know, we affect our life profoundly simply by participating in it. So, how we choose to participate in it often defines in those next moments and sometimes in very big ways uh, how our life is turning out. So, you know, I'd just be looking at is this a pattern for me? If it was me and I was continuing to stay in it, I'd be asking, why am I staying here when I'm uncomfortable? Or is it somehow, even though you don't like it, that it's comfortable for you? And what what, what, what could possibly have led to that being something that um, you're accepting? So there are a lot of great questions you can ask if you do find yourself as one of the people that aren't leaving, because for me, I would see that as a potential um, small self-sabotage. Uh, and so I'm interested to hear uh, what anyone else has to say about my perception of that that's on the stage as a mod.
7: I can address that for individuals who, individuals who've had early childhood trauma. Um, a lot of times they recreate the trauma. They don't realize it. But um, one of the things you can notice, and, you know, if you watch any um, TV movie or, or something where the uh, person has this chemistry with somebody, that chemistry, that electrical feeling. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes it is that, oh my gosh, this is love at first sight, but sometimes it's that energetic reminder of the maladaptive interrelations between the primary care abuser and the individual. And so a lot of times people who've had that early trauma, they don't realize that these energies they have with people that they're attracted to are really mirroring the maladaptive interrelations they had as children, because these things happened, you know, before the age of seven, before, you know, the brain is even aware of these things, um, at a level of conscious awareness, um, because there's approval seeking, they're desperately approval seeking, because why would somebody who's supposed to love and care for me, speak to me this way, hurt me physically, emotionally, mentally. And so, for so many people who've had those early childhood traumas, they do not make that connection because they are it's in their subconscious, they're unaware of that. I hope that helps.
5: That was so fabulous, Dr. Allison, thank you so much. And I, I think in some ways it could be mind blowing for people. Um, I know it definitely was for me when I started looking at that. So is that where you then sometimes hear, oh, you know, I, I married my mother or I married my father. <laughs> Um,
7: Absolutely. But that's that tends to be for people who didn't have the severe trauma. Those are the, and or for people who have much who have healed. Um and so I would say for a lot of individuals, if you're noticing that that's where the first toe in the water for therapy comes in, or any sort of counseling, is that there's a problem in my relationships. And then it turns out it's because there was something that happened as a child, a w- even secondary trauma, where somebody witnessed domestic abuse between the parent. In fact, Notre Dame did a longitudinal uh, study of um, children who uh, whose parents had. Um, turmoil and not physical abuse, but there was arguing and, and discord between the parents and what they found was higher levels of depression and anxiety in the children that lasted into and throughout adulthood so even just Watching and hearing it and if you think your children do not see and hear the arguing they do children are amazing sponges of of sensory uh, reception and so they can even if you're going into another room they can see the looks on your face they can feel the tensing up of the body so you know even trying to hide these things from children it, it does not work and so you know We want to get people to the fact where they realize, Oh my God, I, you know, it's the third time I've married this person or I've dated this person. And then there's that aha moment, that awakening, but many times, um, it's, it is that first awakening, like, Oh, maybe it's, I'm looking for things that are recreating what my childhood brain tried to explain to me as safe, but is really dangerous and toxic.
1: That's awesome. What a great conversation this is. Um, I want to move it along, though, but uh, I love this. And uh, I'm going to listen to this conversation again because I'm I'm getting so much value from it. Uh, Taisy, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Kieran right next to you has to leave very shortly. Would you mind if I jump? Not at all. Not at all.
8: And this conversation uh, is awesome.
1: Isn't
0: it, though? I just love it, oh my God.
1: <laughs> this is so great. Kieran, welcome. I hear that you have to leave shortly and I wanted to get to you, are
9: you there? I appreciate that, thank you very much. And uh, thank you Taisy for uh, graciously letting me go ahead of you. Um, so very quickly, uh, I love, sorry, I'm. we're doing an event here and of course there's a lot of noise just as I start talking, I apologize, one second.
1: Uh, not to worry we can still hear you so uh jump in when you feel uh we'll give you a couple of seconds there.
9: okay there you- so um from from my training in uh chris's intervention counseling and now moving into drama therapy um the way my mentor had explained these topics to me is and and i hope this doesn't uh affect anyone but it, this is probably a safe place for all of us to to talk about this if it does affect someone The worst thing that an abuser teaches us is how to continue hurting ourselves. So we start to seek familiar comfort zones, even if that means it's an abusive relationship or self-sabotaging behavior or situation. And part of healing is recognizing that the abuser or the self-saboteur themselves may be living out these behaviors. And that helps liberate us and wakes us up to not only living more authentically, but also to making conscientious active choices in our lives. So it's starting to notice the patterns and, and our roles in them. Like what happened? How do I take it? What do I do about it? And what do I wanna do differently next time? Um, so Paul, you had mentioned that. Dr. Aklufi had mentioned that. And, and I think Zizi was saying that about, you know, taking that, that power back to kind of recognize, you know, we have choice and, and choice has power. You know, so having this awareness um, to the things that we do that are self-sabotaging, as well as the situations and even the people that enable these things can start to empower us. But to get there, it it does feel painful at first. You know, there's a sense of betrayal. There's a sense of self-betrayal. There's a lot of grieving, to be honest. Um, When you start to recognize, you know, maybe my best friend is also self-sabotaging and we feed off each other and we just, you know, I have to get some distance to, you know, feel good about starting a new exercise program or a new diet or applying for that job or moving for you know a relationship or something and uh, um, that's part of of the whole healing process if that makes sense
1: it certainly does thank you so much that was uh, very rich are are you getting into the uh, the idea that there is learned helplessness that uh, that lies here
9: It it can be learned helplessness, but it's also, you know, like like a lot of people that have um, trauma in their in their history uh, are sometimes also very high performers. And then like at the last yard line or the last like step of the race, you know, something goes wrong. And, you know, that's like sick or the project deadline wasn't met or whatever. Um, An interesting way that this was was described to me is we have trauma responses. Right. So that fight, flight or freeze. And, uh, so freeze would be like dissociating, uh, flight would be like avoiding altogether. So like, you don't go to the staff meeting or you don't go to the group project meeting and, uh, and, uh, a fight kind of response would be really passive aggressive. Like you don't respond to the email fast enough, (laughs) you know, you, you don't deliver your part of the project on time or on budget or something like It's very. Subconscious, you know, subtle behavior, but they're like these tiny split second decisions that we make that are self-sabotaging because it's like trying to set up, you know, the the comfort zone of what we're used to. So if you're used to being like as a child, the trauma of, of being abused or neglected or talked down to or whatever, if that's your, your go to, then as an adult, you're going to do things without really realizing it um, to kind of keep living out that cycle, right? So becoming aware of that pattern. So sometimes it is learned uh, helplessness, um, but sometimes it's literally a trauma response, like just being passive aggressive or being avoidant or uh, shutting down altogether. And um, then uh, trying to figure that out and and move forward in healing.
1: Wow, thank you. Uh, Any one of my moderators want to add to this wonderful, rich conversation?
9: And thank you, everybody. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: Hey, listen, thanks for joining us, and I hope that you can come back uh, next week and uh, share as well. I would
9: love to. I, I do have to jump off. Um, I'm going to listen to this recording later. I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on this, as I'm still learning myself. So, uh, But thank you again for the opportunity, and I'll, I'll be back next week.
1: Appreciate it. I'm learning as well, so thank you. Uh, do, right. do any one of my uh, moderators want to uh, add to this conversation before we move on? All right, so we're going to uh, go to Tay-Z. Tay-Z, thank you so much for that. How are you?
8: Oh, I'm good, thanks. And no problem at all. So I'm experiencing something new. Well, it's not actually new, but I feel a little bit exposed because of the recordings on Clubhouse, which I don't mind. And I think it's probably a good step for me to start being aware that, oh, what I'm saying is actually getting recorded and going out into public. But I do feel a little bit, and this is just a feeling, and I'm not judging it in any way, but I do feel a little exposed lately with what I'm sharing. So that's just a note. But mostly I'm working on self-acceptance in the realm of, listening to myself so I've been listening to the recordings over again and hearing myself speak and there was one that I did just solo talking it was when my sister was getting out of the hospital they were pushing well the hus- the psych ward wasn't a good place for her and so they were urging her to move out and like mental health care across the country there isn't enough and there's not adequate beds and there's not adequate placements. She's severely mentally ill with uh, paranoid schizophrenia and she needs a highly structured program. But she has this heart attack that she's dealing with. And so she was in a nursing home and they they were not happy about taking her back because she had gotten violent and they had put her in the hospital, but the doctor adjusted her meds. And so the solution that I came up with, I'm getting to the point here, but the solution I came up with was to see her more frequently. So I see her every other day now, and it start, it's working out so that I can advise them. If I see her go tippy, then I can advise them. But my point is that I listened to that recording of myself, and I heard a more, um, just a minute. I heard a, I heard a, just a second, for some reason, this is causing emotion. Um, I heard a more mature and competent person, someone who I know and is me. Many times I sound like a third grader, but I forgive myself because I spent the last 40 years with third, third graders. They're my people, they were, and I was taller than all of them, (laughs) even though I'm really short. (laughs) But, so I'm trying, I'm working through the self-acceptance. Visiting my sister every other day has turned out to be a beautiful gift. She is starting to fail in um, who knows how much time I have with her. So every time I visit her, it's a gift but i have um in my professional life stepped up i have with my family's mental illness i have stepped up and then i have this child that i'm still with and you know a lot of that i accept and i kind of like it's playful and fun and who cares and then the The last piece is um, the relationships and boy, did that hit the nail on the head. I kept marrying my mother, not marrying, but I kept seeking out, you know, mild narcissists. (laughs) So, so anyways, I'm working on that self-acceptance. I did not videotape myself yet. That's the next step. But I have been listening to recordings and I am pretty proud of my progress. Any more ideas on that? I'm willing and listening. (laughs) Thanks once again.
1: Oh Taisy, uh we we celebrate every time you join the room. We do, uh, Michelle.
5: Oh, I was you? I was celebrating with you, Paul. Um, please, you can go first, and I'll just follow.
1: I just wanted to say that uh, Taisy, Yes, we we made a conscious decision to keep the replays on uh, for a number of different reasons because there's so much value uh, in this room and we just want to make it available to everyone. Yes, we are vulnerable in this room, but we've spoken about vulnerability as being a superpower that each and every one have access to. A lot of people see vulnerability as a dark emotion. They attach so much regret, sadness, whatever it is, but I don't see it that way, and I, I believe that most of us don't see it that way. We see it as a gateway of connection, of friendship, of love, It connects us because our stories connect us. You have shared so much with us and you have strengthened so many people with your shares and you continue to do that. And the fact that you went back and listened to the replays and you examined yourself and said, there she is. There's a superwoman right there. I think that's beautiful. I have. It's actually making me emotional. So, um, Michelle, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you.
5: Yeah, Paul. Actually, that's exactly the space I'm in. I'm emotional, tazy, um, for exactly the reasons that Paul mentioned. You know, we've 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 had this incredibly honored. I feel honored. I I'm pretty sure everyone else on the stage that's been with you does too uh, and that it's been a privilege to be able to be with you in this clubhouse, you know, to have you, you know, I think about it, it's like that movie stand by me where all the kids climb up into the clubhouse and, you know, they're, they're sharing their stuff and it's raw and it's real and they laugh and they, they, you know, are challenged by life. And, but there's a, there is a, a trustworthiness, right. That, uh, uh, sort of comes uh, from that. And you have been the one actually that started to create a broader trustworthiness. I would assume, this is my assumption in this room, by virtue of your willingness to be vulnerable uh, by the commitment that at some place you made to yourself to get out of how it has been to have something new without having any evidence You did this without having any evidence, Taisy, and you've been doing it every week. I mean, there hasn't been a week where you haven't come in already with some other self-discovery or uh, being in some space of transformation or curiosity about your life. And because of that, I think it's allowed other people to come in and stay. You know, people will come who are in the lounge, and if they had the ability to flash their mics, I just know there are people in the lounge below who've been in this room just as often. And they haven't been up on stage, but they come because of your voice and your courage. And so um, number one, I wanted to honor that, that, that opening to real self-love and growth. And the other thing I wanted to share that's been really incredible is to, is that, it's like, yeah, you were a teacher, man. You taught like third graders and they were your people. And you had tons of knowledge, you know, that tons of facts and information and techniques uh, uh, to, you know, support the environment and to, you know, in a, a way, manipulate that environment in order for all of you, you and the kids to like thrive. Right. But also. You now have this new kind of um, of ability to to sort of 10x your wisdom. Which is, you know, what you know from your inner world, how you're connecting with yourself, how you're connecting with others, how you're connecting maybe with the whispers, um, your intuition, and and you're really delivering your own unique contribution. You're showing us how to thrive, not just survive. And I think that that knowledge uh, does help us navigate in this world, but but wisdom helps us navigate in that environment of our our soul level and i think that's so important and at that love level because out of all of this work that you've been doing you're you're now in with your sister every other day and i i have a brother who suffers greatly from mental health issues as well so you resonate a lot with me and i always i know i say that to you but it is important to me to hear your journey because it allows me some sense of um of feeling like, yeah, I'm in the club, you know, I'm not alone. And, uh, and what I can only guess is that it must be, it's going to be interesting because that you, that's showing up every day or every other day with your sister, as you transform, who knows what that possibility of who you are can bring to the table in that relationship out of you loving yourself more deeply, uh, and the, the space that that opens up. So I just wanna say bravo. I wanna thank you. I wanna honor every courageous thought that you've been willing to um, to to really embrace. Uh, and I look forward to what comes next for you, Taisy. So that's it from me.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Uh, Dr. Allison wanted to add to this as well.
7: Hi, Taisy. Um i just want to just pour some love into you because you're just incredible what an amazing human being you are and being so vulnerable and brave to share all of these stories that you know help me i'm sure and they help others just to look at the willingness you are to to look within yourself you know and google had a whole class search within yourself and it turned out to was written by their chief happiness guru who's now gone off on his own Um, but i want to bring up the um, idea of something called the effective filter and the effective filter is when our uh, we are in such an emotional state um, everything is filtered every sensory perception is filtered through that heightened emotional state which is the reason why you know, the hospitals now give you written printed instructions because you obviously being discharged from a hospital, not you particularly, but in general, when somebody is, they are in no state to listen to all the doctor's directives and instructions. And neither is the person accompanying them because they have heightened emotions. So it's all printed. Like this is what you need to do every hour for the next 24 hours, 36 hours. But it also, Um, Is applicable. Uh, You know, I was an educator for many years, and you know, when students are in a heightened emotional state, many of my students were. I taught in Los Angeles. um, Things could not get through because they were processing everything through this effective filter. And so, for you to go back and look at sometimes um, that you are stronger than you thought you were, the filter doesn't Necessarily, just say that you're not processing stuff. It's sometimes you don't realize how much you are processing. So, in in reviewing what we've done, or thought, or said, or written, it gives us a better insight about our growth, areas where we still need to grow, areas where we've made such tremendous progress, and we should be so proud and celebratory of ourselves. Which is really where you are. I mean, the fact that you've been there for your sister while you're navigating these new friendships and these new boundaries and you know these are the this dance of life and you know we always think and look at other people thinking how do they sail so gracefully through life well they don't they don't see the day to day little you know, irritants and and things that go on, you know, we hear Jacqueline's children in the background and, or, you know, you know, um, that young man, Karen, I think uh, he had some work going on in the background. You know, we forget these, we filter them out because we just are, you know, putting our hopes and perceptions and perspectives on somebody else. And we're projecting things that we believe, but may not be really based in true truth and reality. So, um, you know, to always keep the focus on reflecting, was this true? How was I functioning? Maybe I wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I was better than I thought. Maybe I there's some areas of potential growth here. And you know, growth and development happens throughout our entire lifespan. In fact, the adults that are still participating in growth and development activities um, into their 70s, 80s, and 90s tend to have lower levels of Alzheimer's, lower levels of prefrontal cortex and executive function disorders. Um, so it's important to keep that brain active, and reflecting is one of those activities that helps us learn to love and accept ourselves, and but also keep our brains fresh and, and, and bright, keep those neuro connections and synapses firing, and just helps us become more comfortable in our own skin. So I just love you so much, Taisy. Thanks.
8: Thank you so much, all of you. Michelle, thank you for your heartfelt response. Paul's the same. And Dr. Allison, to find out that you were also a teacher, and I'm so aware of that affective filter that kicked in. I had this one student who I worked with every day after school to learn to read, this a third grader, every day after school. And then his dad got out of jail, and he learned he was reading the next week. So it was... it's it's so true. You you do make progress and um, are unaware of it. And I think it's a good note to just look back on the progress I've made. So thank you all so much.
1: Thank you, Z. And uh, we really appreciate you. Just going to put you right back into the audience there and uh, come back anytime. You know, Tezi is such a beautiful example. She comes into our room, and she's been here for months. Every every time, she's faithful. She and she has grown so much. And oftentimes, we have to we have to look at ourselves and imagine how other people see us. And when we look at tay as an example, we see a superwoman there. We see someone who is powerful and who takes her challenges, and she's growing and learning, just as each and every one of us are as well. So don't only look at yourself the way that you see yourself. Imagine how other people may see you. And sometimes people will see you as a superpower that you really are, but you might not see it because you're just too darn close to the mirror. Take a step back. Take a look at that person. Do some self-examination, and Robert, I don't know if you're going to be available to talk about self-examination. Uh, I would love it if you would, uh, but it is so important to look at ourselves, to see our strengths. Are you Are you available to do that?
2: Sure, bro. I'll be happy to. Okay. No, I, I'm. You know, I'm always very um, attentive and, and impressed when I hear Casey. I've kind of followed her. Um, her um, mature, she talked about maturity, she heard of a mature person. I have followed her through the many weeks that, that, that she's come on. You know, to me, I think, it, it, and again, this is, not I'm not a psychologist. Uh, there, there are many far more qualified clinical psychologists and other experts here that, that, than me. I bring a, a different perspective. I bring a perspective that's based sort of on uh, sort of philosophical reflection of critical thinking. And I think that's a real, a The fundamental purpose of of critical thinking is to examine uh, our own assumptions, our operating assumptions, and that begins by examining ourselves. We've heard that from uh, a number of far more qualified people uh, today on on this, uh, uh, among the moderators than myself. But from a critical thinking perspective, it begins there, it begins there. And my model, of course, is Socrates, who says that the unexamined life is not worth living. And he wrote that 2,500, 2,400 years ago. So, you know, there's, there's something powerful to that, of, of examining our system. And for Katie to go back and listen, and we listen to the uh, to the replays and then to sort of follow her growth uh, through this, it's just so inspiring to be broke. So if I can encourage anyone, if you're struggling with anything, I don't care if it's addiction, if it's a broken relationship, whatever it is, start by examining yourself and ask yourself, your operating assumptions are you making assumptions about the other person that you haven't really tested? You haven't questioned those assumptions, you haven't questioned yourself about them, you haven't given the other person an opportunity to explain themselves. So often, that's what it is, and that's uh basically it, bro. That's uh, that's
1: uh, what I can offer. This well, that's uh, that's awesome, bro. Thank you so very much for that. And uh, oops, just uh, muted myself. Before we go any further, I would love to have Eleni. And Dr. Norman introduced themselves. They are our moderators. Uh they have joined the uh, and I just love these people. So Eleni, over to you if you're available for an introduction.
10: Hello everybody. I'm Eleni. Um my background is child actress TV and theatre. And now I am really
1: Oh, well, you just stepped into the painter. twilight. But I, Twilight Zone.
10: Oh, last can you hear me
1: yep okay you're back
10: um yes so basically i i work a lot with underprivileged children taking them out of victim to be able to have success in their own right as well as helping people become creative and i'm eleni
1: thank you eleni and uh, what wonderful work that you do dr norman welcome
11: Thank you, Paul. Thank you. It's great to see all of you, my good Saturday friends, my family. Sorry I was late. Uh, It's been a tough week. Um, As you know, I'm a trauma therapist and I've been involved in uh, reporting on the events that are taking place in Texas and uh, in order to do so, in order to speak about it on the news, I, I had to really get involved with a lot of the, the events, which is overwhelming, so I, 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 I'm trying to take good care of myself this week as best as I can, but I, I, I'm i glad to be here and those that don't know me, I, I spend my days as a trauma therapist, particularly in the lives of children who have a story to tell and I'm trying to help those that Uh, that are frightened by their story to find the words to share and to discover that they are loved and they are safe and that we can go on and live a better life. So that's who I am, a clinical psychologist and a trauma therapist. Thank
1: you. Dr. Norman, thank you. And uh, we're all sending you a great big hug. Um, Thank you for the work that you're doing. And I I can imagine how how hard it must be and the toll that it takes on you and yet you are the soldier who stands up for uh, so many souls and our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone everyone for this devastation for this this act of 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 violence and and i i so appreciate you uh doing the work that you're doing and helping the souls that you're helping and the fact that you're even here today with us is a testament of the man that you are and the angel that you are so thank you so much for being here and uh, on that note I just want to recognize everyone who is in the room right now we have Kate and Murray and Christina we have Z, Liliana we have not we have Jen we have Sally we have limitless we have Berna hello Berna and we have I believe it is dr. Harris and uh, Raj Madhu Kimmy Amanda and uh dr j s amars good to see you my friend lisa juana uh judy hassan mariposa lini patricia kimberly michelle jen Alina lucas amab and chantelle jenna hamid who is uh, a new to this uh, wonderful application cal lisa elsa mickey monica who is also new welcome garrett faith And Ahmad, thank you all for being here. Your souls uh, mean so much to each and every one of us, and we're so happy to have you here. Before we go on, Michelle, are you uh, in a position to give us a reset of the room?
5: I am in a position to give a reset. So I want to thank each of you that Paul just mentioned for being in the room today, for spending time with us in this clubhouse room. You're in the Take Control of Your Life clubhouse And if you haven't, please, above um, Robert's head, there's a little greenhouse. That's the club. And if you click on it, you'll be able to join it so that you get notifications of the rooms that we do. And I'd also really love for you to look around at the people that are in the lounge with you. There are some really interesting profiles I've been clicking already. And always be thinking, you know, is there someone that I could really maybe take offline and start a conversation with? Could just be on Instagram in the message center there. Could be on Twitter. It's just the idea of creating and practicing being in relationship. Also, please, please uh, follow any of the mods that you resonate with, uh, because we go to other rooms that uh, are awesome that you might love to be in as well. And a lot of us do tend to flock together. So sometimes you'll find us outside of here uh, in another room as well. And with that, I'd also like to mention that this room is now from 12 till about 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday. We were at 11. So, you know, in case you tried finding us earlier, yes, we we did move uh, to a later time to afford more people uh, the ability to come in and listen. And so we're really excited about that. And we'd love for you, if you wouldn't mind, because we moved and we've lost some people, if you would click, uh, if you're on the Apple phone, it's the square with the arrow. If you're on an Android, it's like that little circle-y thing. And invite some people into the room. Or even better, if you wouldn't mind sharing the room right here on Clubhouse, because Clubhouse has all these neat ways to um, have our room show up in the hallway. And we love having lots of different perspectives. And also, you know, people who are throwing up... um, on the stage, like different ways that self-sabotage has occurred or ways uh, that people have actually learned how to like transform that self-sabotage into something that becomes a part of their wisdom and prevents future self-sabotage. So please definitely share uh, the room uh, with Clubhouse as well. We have the live chat feature going, so um, we are checking that and writing. So um, definitely use that too if you can't come up on stage, but you want to add something that's a value add, that'd be great. We don't allow self-promotion or selling of anything. If you do, we will remove you from the room because we really want this to be a safe space, including the chat. Um, If you're going to share something that could be a trigger to someone else and, you know, because someone might be in the room in a very emotional, vulnerable place, sometimes some of us have, have, you know, are learning how to like take ourselves out of that. It'd be great if you would let us know ahead of time and say, hey, I'm going to talk about something that may be a trigger for someone in the room. Uh, And so if you hear that and you know you're in a vulnerable place, uh, step away, you know, leave the room for five to eight minutes, go get a glass of water and stretch and then come back. And that allows the person sharing you to be accountable for that share and know you can share freely because you gave the warning and uh, you can be served here. So anyway, so that's just a little bit about us. We'd love for you to have something written in your profile and be attached to an outside source uh, like Twitter or Instagram in order to bring you up on stage. And so with that, Paul, I pass the mic back to you.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Great reset as always. And welcome, Kate. Thank you very much for being so patient. And we can't wait to hear from you. Are you there, Kate? Kate? Yes, there you are. (laughs) Yes, I
12: am. Um, Thank you for all of you. Um, I'm gonna do the best I can to be clear and concise. Um, The Tacey person, um, first of all, helped um, put things in my perspective. You all do every time it is said, something falls in place. And I say that by touch. It's a touch inside. So I first want to say that. Um, And I've been following this and the people in this in different ways. Um, When COVID started, I just need to briefly say this. I was so excited because I could isolate and feel good about it. I didn't feel good about it. My background, and I don't put my background in the profile because I've been so angry at my background because I had people I could talk to, because I could have people that understood me. I had people that went to the same places I went inside that were open, that were (laughs) challenging themselves, that were continued doing this. Um, Okay, going back really just as quick. This is quick and uh, just hope you're hanging on. Um, my background um, was a seer, an S-E-E-R, uh, way before I should have been. And whoever brought up children, you are right. I saw power. I saw people that I knew would break up the next day. It was almost a feeling of being psychic and scary. Um, and um, But finally, and I had different choices in college, and I should have gone into entertainment <laughs> but I, and, and, and theater. I am a theater. I've got a theater background. Um, I'm dramatic. Um, okay, that's no lie. I know myself. I don't have a lot of patience. I have very little patience. And I have four daughters. And they were the ages, to, when they were left with me, uh, two, three, four, and six. I was a single parent without money and without them getting money. Um, Their father, I have gone into forgiving, so I've got that piece. My daughters are actually helping me now by being the royal bitches that they are. (laughs) I'm sorry, but somebody always brings up parents. Do they ever bring up the children? And I know I have alienated myself from my other three daughters because of the illness of my daughter, who got, I would say, at 49, dementia. Okay, I don't know if you know what that is, recognizing that at the age of uh, 70, um, then you might understand my fear and my trepidation from seeing my daughter being treated by her sisters with what that woman that brought up the effective uh, filtering. I'm beginning to see how I separated myself from my other children to to save what I thought I could save my daughter. And um, I have been the only one that has been involved with her and have been, my mental health background was mental health, uh, anything care, uh, counselor, the, uh, therapist, um dr- the did
1: Kate, did Kate, dis- yes um is, is there a question that, that you can yeah, there, to, there's or? no
12: question okay i just want to say you don't know how important what whoever brought up that effective thing how it's affected my life yeah. how do i hold my family and watch okay. what's happening because i'm the only one. where's the team <laughs>
2: mm. where's the team Mm.
12: that's what I want to know in my family and how can I bring them back in?
1: Okay. That's that. There we go. Right there. All right, Kate, I'm going to turn it over to Jacqueline uh, to pour into you there. So over to Jacqueline.
6: Kate, first of all, I want to thank you for your honesty because a lot goes on in all of our lives. That's really difficult. And, you know, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear the pain. I can hear, As much as sometimes we don't like to call it trauma, you know, being a single parent and raising four girls. I'm one of four girls. My parents were divorced. I know exactly where you're at right now. I know the excuse my language, shit disturbers that four girls become uh, in a life with single parents. And I have gone back and profusely thanked um, my parents for all we put them through, just so you know. Um, And now I am a parent uh, of three children myself. So I completely and totally, as I heard your story, there was so much I was relating about in your own story. So it's really why I want to take a little bit of time with you today. And there's something I really want to talk to you about. And maybe you might like to explore for yourself because it may help you with some answers. And what we need to understand about our children is that our children and ourselves get a lot of programs that are put into them. So as much as we like to, at times, and I've done this myself, I've really had to examine it with my own kids, is as much as we like to put that blame sometimes on our children, we also have to understand that our children are a byproduct of not only our parenting, but they are a byproduct of society. And there's a lot of programming that goes into our children. That first of all, we're not even aware of that they experience their own experience within their own life. And then how they've also dealt with the fact that they grew up as you as a single parent. They, they didn't have a male role model, role model positive male role model in their lives as well. And so all of these things shape and form them. So as much as we, we can stand here and say, where the hell are my kids now? First of all, that's not their job. We have to release that. Their job is not now to be our parent as we get older. Our job as a parent is to do what we can to the best of our ability with what we have, the resources that we have. And Kate, also, listen, have you looked at how your parents, potentially you were raised by them and how that influenced you? But our job as a parent is to do the best that we possibly can, love our children to the best of our ability, and set them free. Literally set them free. And that's the hard part, I think, as a parent, is that there's a certain expectation, and we see this in different cultures all over the world, that our children are then responsible. We did our job. We took care of them. We changed their diapers. We fed them. We stayed up all night with them. All of those things that we did, that in turn, it's their responsibility to then come back and do the same for us. And that's an expectation we have to let go of because that's not our job. It was our choice to have children. In my case, I didn't even have children. I adopted them. That was my choice. It's not their job to turn around and come back and take care of me later in life. So that's the first thing I want you just to look at. And then the second part, and I understand that one of your children has a neural difference. And again, I have three children with neurodifferences, so I am standing in your shoes right now in understanding and compassion for what we go through as parents. So uh, I want, just one second, no, sorry Kate, one second, I'll be
1: right. All right, yes, uh, when Jacqueline uh, comes back, uh, what a rich conversation this is, there you go.
6: I just uh, had one of my children uh, come and decide that, He was not able to let me finish. So I just need to have a moment with him. But Kate, the, I don't know if the right word is anger. I almost hear a little heartbreak in your voice. And as much as we want to, at times, uh, blame our children at times that we want to turn around and say, I'm like this because this is what you did to me. We have to understand, especially as a parent, but this actually goes for every human being is that we always get to choose our response. We always get to choose our response. So when we think our children are doing something to us, they're not, they're just responding to the world around them in their own unique way. They're not, they're not out to get us, but it's also not their job to turn around and take care of us or fill us up or that they owe us something because our children don't owe us anything. And as much as that seems like a reality blow, a little bit, I'm only coming from a place of honesty. And as a parent, what I've learned for sure, and the beautiful lessons only so far I've learned from my children, is that they've taught me unconditional love. And that's what I can hear from you, Kate, that you had to stand with your children in unconditional love with everything you went through. You're a single parent raising four girls. Like, holy crap, how good was that? That was amazing, amazing. And that takes unconditional love, Kate. Unconditional love. So I invite you just to go back to that. Be in that place of unconditional love for your children, but also know that there's a time we have to just set them free and release that, that string that attaches us, the umbilical cord that we still hold on to. Because the exchange will be when you stand in love for you, when you release all that was there that you're holding on to, when you can stand in that place of knowing of unconditional love you have for your children, then they'll be free to come back when it suits them. Well we can't control how other people respond to us, we can only be the best versions of who we are with a simple hope they come back. So okay, I'm going to wrap this up because I could actually go on for about an hour with you. But I just want to let you know that I so resonated with what you said and that your children are not ours, right? They're really not ours. They're own individual people. And I hope that in some way you can see that for them and let them be who they are, knowing you did the best you could. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jacqueline. Kate, did that help?
6: No, it did
12: not help. And it did not help because there's assumptions being made.
1: All right. You know what? She's- a good uh, way there we go all right um, if you're not willing to listen it's okay um, we have a way of doing and dealing with that so thank you Jacqueline that was beautiful thank you so much and uh, I just want to um, suggest uh, that, Oh, wait a minute we'll go to Murray and over to you Murray welcome
13: well hi Paul hi everybody I really don't have any questions okay I have a lot of answers, no, but uh, I first off, uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, you know I adore you, we adore each other, and thank you for what you did adopting, because I don't even know if I've told you I'm adopted, okay? So what I want to say, I'm listening, I was a hair late, and I went, oh my God, oh my God, my first favorite. On Clubhouse, what am I doing here? You know, it's, it's one of my top favorites. It's, it's Saturday morning, and you guys changed your time, and I think that's what threw me off. But I, I was listening to Azizi, my darling love, who I, I, uh, she's like, she's like a mother. She's, a, she is, yeah, she's my, she is my adopted mother. Yeah, she is, and I love her so very dearly, and I acknowledge her and praise her in her books, and I talk about her all the time in other rooms, and she talked about me. But what I want to do. Well, what Cece said, and and because I've been getting a gist of it from a couple of other uh clubhouse friends about rooms that belittle and do all this. Well, you know what? Okay. I haven't been in those rooms. And also, too, I'm not around people who are horrible. I'm not around people who are empowering. Uh it's like, what do I have? A shield? No, because of, of my studies and what I've been through and the, I had, I had three ailments, uh, physical things, but no big deal. Um, uh, I've, I've studied, I've learned, I've grown, listen to Paul, uh, Dr. Norman and, and, um, uh, and, and Dr. Allison and all of you people have empowered me so much that I think, and in another, uh, doc, uh, one of Dr. Norman's other rooms that I, oh, I, I pester them. Um, it has put a shield around me of mindset. So because of that, I, it, it, all that shit, pardon me, doesn't come into, into my life. Yeah, I do have challenges with people. But when I do, what I say now, because of my knowledge that I've gotten that I didn't have a couple of years ago, um, it's my responsibility. Where is the lesson here? How can I grow? What are my tools? yes. Yes. One of my tools in my gratitude journal that I do every day, my meditation and blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to address that if a person goes into a room and they're belittled and, they're, and it's negative and, and take a look at it, where, where's the lesson? There's a lesson there, but remove yourself and go to your tools, your meditation. And nobody, nobody should be in a room. I was in my, my family room last night, which was the Arabian Nights. It's my other family. And the love and the singing and the music and the people, that's where we have to be in rooms like this that empower us, where we grow and we learn. And that's why I'm here every week, if if I can remember sometimes, to grow and to learn. And Paul, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I still haven't gotten your book, but I'm going to, because you, I, I admire you so much. I've learned more from you probably, I must say this, than anyone I've learned on Clubhouse. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, Paul. I've learned from many of you, of of the other people who are here. Oh, God, yes. But, Paul, you just, everything you talk about, you say in your little speeches before we start the room, I bow to you and I thank you. Because you are such a blessing in my life. And thank you, everybody, for letting me just share what I'm feeling without questions. Now I'm going to go back to my breakfast, and you can put me down in the audience, and I'm going to listen. And thank you. I'm gratefully complete for the moment. Thank you.
1: Uh, Murray, thank you so much for your kind words and for saying that. I really appreciate you as well. And when you come into the room, you bring this, this light, and you shine it into the room, each and every one of us to just soak it in. So thank you very much for being the the brilliant light and beautiful soul that you are. And for those kind words, I so appreciate you. And uh, thank you. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Um, So I will move you gently into the audience. But I I just so appreciate that brilliance. I just want to say this. When people come into the room, each and every one of us have this light, just like Murray has, and just like Zizi and TayZ and our other speakers who have been up, and uh, each and every one of my moderators, we all have this light within us. And it's so beautiful to, to show it to everybody, just to l- release it. Uh, there was a song written by Leonard Cohen, and I mention this quite often in this room, because it's a song that resonates for me. And I believe that there's a lyric in it that can resonate for each and every one of us. Leonard Cohen was a Canadian songwriter and singer who passed away, I believe it was about five years ago, but he was truly a Canadian staple. He wrote that song, Hallelujah, the wonderful, wonderful song, Hallelujah, that I I think has gone global. There was a song in the 90s that he wrote called Anthem. Leonard Cohen suffered from depression and he himself struggled with self-sabotage and a number of other issues which he wrote about in his music. He found a way to share his grief and the things that he was challenged with. One of the songs that he wrote in the 90s was a song called Anthem and he wrote this beautiful lyric. There's a crack in everything but that's how the light gets through. Each and every one of us have suffered our cracks. We have heard how people have struggled with things and are still struggling with things. These are cracks that we as human beings suffer. We are fragile at times, and we have suffered our cracks and our breaks. But that's how other people's lights can shine in and help us to get through the difficult things that we're still challenged with or that we're now experiencing. Some of the things in the past that need to be let go, some of the things that are currently happening that need to let go. You have that light to shine into the cracks of others, but remember, they too have a light to shine into yours. Together we can turn our lights on and we can we can just help one another, make it through this thing called life. And if we can do that, and we see the example of that, and I'm, I'm going to point to one, one gentleman in this room who has a light that he pours into the cracks of others. It's Dr. Norman, who I have so much respect and admire so very much. He selflessly gives himself to the point of exhaustion, I'm sure, and to the point where it's hard, but he still is that soldier, that angel that keeps moving forward. And I have angels here in this room. I do. I have King as an angel. I have Michelle and Jacqueline and Dr. Allison and Eleni. And and, and each and every one of you have the ability to shine that light into the cracks of others and also to ask for somebody to shine their light into yours. If there's something that you're dealing with that's hard for you right now or something from your past that needs to be challenged and let go, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to come into a room like this one. Raise your hand, step up with courage and know that you are in a safe place and ask because so many people here are willing to share their light with you. And I'm on a tangent again. That's just the kind of person I am. But thank you so much, Murray, for those beautiful words because I, I know that I take some time at the beginning of my rooms to, to give my little spiel. And, and I was wondering how it was actually being, uh, uh, what's the word, how it was being received. And Mireille, you just gave me that little bit of encouragement to carry on. So thank you for that. You're a blessing. Christina, I haven't seen you in a while. Welcome.
14: Hi, Paul. Hi, Michelle. Hi, King. Jacqueline. Dr. Allison, Elani, and um, Dr. Norman, it's good to see you guys. I haven't seen any of you in a while because I'm not normally on on Saturdays. But I saw oh this popped up. I've been on Clubhouse more recently, so I don't um I don't have a question, but I had some thoughts around some things with self sabotage, and I'm not sure if this is if this is really the space for that. So I'll check in with you, Paul. Can I share my thoughts, or would you rather just be questions?
1: No, no. I, I, this is a room where we can share our thoughts, but let's keep the share to about three minutes or so, or whatever, so we can open up the discussion. The, sure. the purpose, yeah, the purpose of this room uh, is multi, multi-purpose. I want people to come up and uh, be vulnerable and to ask for help if they need help. But I also want people who have an expertise or an understanding or who or who have gone through difficult times and learned how to get through them to come up and share as well. Because everything that we share as long as it is positive and as long as it, it it's helpful can help somebody in the audience. And you've heard it said before Christina in this room that each and every one of us are learning something every day. So if you have some tips on how to negotiate your way out of self-sabotage how to empower yourself how to love yourself whatever it is take your three minutes or so and please do share with us because it's all part of this great experience
14: oh paul you know i always get things to say (laughs) and time bumpers are always important for me as well so uh i'll do my best to stay within that feel free to cut me off if i go too long um The thoughts I have today around self-sabotage are actually around decision-making. And I find that not just in myself, but in people that I work with, that can be such a self-sabotage. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do next. And one of my, one of the words that drives me crazy is when I ask someone a question and they say, sure. Because sure is so non-committal. It's either yes, no, or not now. And when we can get to that space of, of clear directness and really making a choice, life likes movement. And it's such a common self-saboteur for so many people. So that was one piece that I wanted to add and, and you guys can have your way with that. But the other piece I wanted to address was I really love TZ Share. And, and I wanted to just briefly speak into that, that When we take time to observe our own behaviors, it's like looking in a mirror and we get to come to terms with our own judgments of ourselves. And judgment is finite. Judgment is looking for certainty. And when we can move beyond that into curiosity and we can observe ourselves rather than evaluating it, but instead observe it. And maybe we make evaluations later. I mean, we're human beings. So we naturally are going to assess and evaluate things, but there's a difference between evaluation and discernment. And we can move on a spectrum from judgment and certainty to curiosity and discernment. And when we observe ourselves in conversation, like listening to a playback or For me, if I review a coaching session I had with someone and go, "Okay, I like what I added there, uh, that's clear that I had something I wanted to share from something they had said earlier in the conversation, but I wasn't really as present with them as I wanted to be. How can I make some adjustments there and make some shifts? So when we review our own speaking and review our own, um, observe our own conversations that we're having, it's really important, so I really like the replays on because sometimes I'll go back and listen and go, okay, how did I interact with that person? Was that how I want to show up? Is that what I want to model? Or I'll just go, is that in alignment? Do I sound like I'm in alignment? Did I feel like I was in alignment at that moment? Or even deeper, did I, you know I, maybe I felt like I wasn't in alignment at the time, so I'll go back and listen and, and hear how it may have been landing for the audience. So that, that all came up when Taisy was sharing and then I just came up and wanted to clap wanted to share some things so that's my that's my share i'm complete for now
1: well that was great thank you so very very much for that you know it's so important that we examine ourselves i love what you just said christina on so many different levels it's so very true and yet tasey brought that up uh that if we go back to the replay we listen to how we sound we we take an examination how did i show up and I, I think that that's so very important. I'm going to open it up to uh, my other moderators to comment on this, but I still, I still believe it's also important before we, we start our day to take a few moments to be deliberate about life and about ourselves. And what I mean by that is when we wake up, why don't we take just a few moments to be grateful for the things that we have, for the surroundings, for the people in our lives, for the fact that we, we may have health, we may have food, we may have shelter. So let's be grateful. Take that, that moment to say, I am grateful for. And then we set our day with intention, which is what uh, tay Z and, and Christina are touching on, is how am I going to show up today? It's my choice. I go into the closet of my mind. And before I close my physical body, let me close my mindset. Let me choose a mindset of a warrior. Today, I am going to stand. I'm going to be strong. Today, I'm going to be loving. Today, I'm going to serve. Today, I'm going to be happy. Today, I'm not going to let anything or anyone put a damper on my day because I'm standing into my greatness. Paul, you're amazing. You're going to do it. Michelle, you're amazing. You're going to do it. King, just use your first name. Look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself how beautiful, how wonderful, how amazing you are and step into your day with intention. Don't let it just unfold by chance because there's a good chance somebody's going to cut you off and you're going to get into that state of mind. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with this? And I'm so angry and ah, let's not let other people dictate our lives. Why don't we become the dictators of our lives and the authors of our lives and of our days, one day at a time. Anybody want to add to this conversation?
9: I'd
6: love to hop in Um, just for a minute, Paul. I wanted to share, and I've shared this in the space before, but sometimes when I share things, I say it for myself as my own reminder And every morning, Paul, I I love that you started off with how can we set intentions for our day every day? Because sometimes we never know what the big picture is going to be, right? Sometimes we don't know what we can set goals for five years down the road, but we don't actually know what that's going to look like. None of us could have possibly imagined COVID and how that would have changed our world in such a short period of time. But every day when I wake up, I ask myself a simple question, and that is if love was a person, how would love think? What would love say and what would love do today? And I set that intention, not because I'm perfect, but as my reminder that we all have that common thread that runs through each and every one of us. And that is the common thread of love. It doesn't matter where you live or where you come from or your age or your sex, your race, your religion. It's all love. And so when we can come from that place of love in everything that we do, and some days it works and some days it doesn't. But I know that at least setting that intention, it's going to be something. I may talk to myself a little more nicely. I may give myself a little more grace that day. And then I know that I can go out into the world with that grace, that sense of love, and I can give it freely. I can give it to my children. I can give it to my family. I can give it here in the space with everyone that we get to speak with and interact with. And I can give it away knowing that it has an endless, endless supply. There is no end to love. It's infinite. And so this way I can get to go out and be the best version of who I truly am. It's the lessons that I continue to learn from Neil Donald Walsh. How can I show up in the best possible version of who I truly am? And that's
1: with love. So I just wanted to share that with everybody today. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Jacqueline. And while you were talking, you reminded me of something. And I I just want to share this as well. When things happen to us, we have to ask ourselves, is this within my control? Is this something I can control or something I cannot control? And COVID was something that happened to us that we could not control, not in its entirety. What we could control is what we did about it. What we did to protect ourselves or to create our better circumstances. There are certain things within our control and certain things that are not within our control. And that's what we have to sometimes ask ourselves. No, I'm I'm going to rephrase that. We always have to ask ourselves, is this something I have control over? And if I don't, what do I have control over in these circumstances? Many times it is about how we respond to the things that happen to us. Because it has been said that there are things that are going to happen, but it doesn't matter so much what happens to you, it's not so much what happens to you that matters, it's how you respond to what happens to you that does. When Glenn Morshauer is in this room, he talks so fun, Uh, he uses fun, and he just talks about first reactors and first responders. And if I'm not going to be able to do it justice, so we'll wait for Glenn to come back at some point and share that. But the point I want to make here is that, and it was Dr. Allison, I believe, who uh, brought uh, Viktor Frankl uh, to everybody's attention here today and the things that Viktor Frankl uh, said. And he said that between stimulus and response, there is a moment. And in that moment, we get to choose our response. And I, I don't recall the rest of the quote, but it's just beautiful. It's so true. Why are we so quick to react if someone says something to us that may be hurtful or someone lets us down? Why are we so quick to react to those things? Whereas we could take a moment, just take a deep breath and say, okay, how am I going to respond to this? This person is saying something hurtful to me. How am I going to let this kind of, disappear. I'm going to look at that person and wonder what it is that they may be going through because they may be hurt themselves and they're reacting to you or wanting to put you in the same state that they are, no matter what it is. We get to choose how we respond. But if we are first reactors, mm-hmm. we, we are just going to react and then feel bad about making the wrong choices often. So I just wanted to share that. Any one of my moderators want to add to this conversation? All right. And Christina, thank you so much for coming up and sharing. I'm just going to move you back into the audience. And we are 15 minutes uh, to 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But there have been a couple of back chats uh, that uh, have been going on. Anyone want to bring up a topic that we can all share among ourselves as moderators? All right, um, any thoughts? <laughs> I know there was one I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look back. Somebody had asked something earlier, and I didn't write it down.
5: um Paul, I, maybe I can just bring up something I think that's just on every a lot of people's hearts today um, and interested to hear uh, just from uh, the doctors on this just because it has been such a week of grieving uh, and a week of. Uh, I think, surprise. I think a lot of people were taken by surprise. Um, And I am just curious about, you know, if each of us could share something to help us stay out of self-sabotaging emotional uh, behavior, because we're sort of reeling in response to the events of this week. And I'll just share that I know for me, one of the ways that I've been keeping out of uh, Self sabotaging thoughts and habits has been number one. Um, I, you know, I've done both of these things. I've not only um, spent time in prayer, but I've also spent time. Um, shoot, I can't believe I'm blanking out on the word. I do it every day. <laughs> uh, oh <my> <laughs> That's okay. It's we all fun. do it. So, <laughs> you know, w- where I'm just sitting in my consciousness. Uh, and watching my thoughts go by and letting myself practice non-attachment to those thoughts. And that has served me well um, in both sides because it's helped me discover myself, you know where my my um, where I am attaching to stuff, where I'm resisting things. And also it's allowed me to feel connected um, to you know uh, a power to, you know, my own version of God, uh, and that has been a great resource for me. And so I just wanted to lay those out. Meditation was the word that I couldn't come up with, ding, ding, ding. Uh, But I wanted to see uh, if any of the other mods wanted to add into this, uh, because I think it's topical for this particular week.
1: Anyone have any thoughts?
7: I love, I love Michelle's, um, awareness, the meditative awareness of, um, allowing the thoughts to come in, uh, because, you know, if we look at the media and, you know, one of the first things, you know, I suggest to my, the people I work with is turn off the television, stop watching the same reporting of the news over and over and over again, um. And to claim life, you know, what is one of the things that is so important. And I I, I don't know why it's a Viktor Frankl day for me. But, you know, in the moment of horror, we need to find things to feel hope about. And it's, you know, we always talk about these polarities, you know, it's one or the other, but it's life is lived in these gray areas of, of unknown and discomfort and, and just allowing for those emotions instead of stuffing them down, you know, and, and moving on, just allowing them to come up naturally and, and. And just knowing that we are human beings and these things are going to be felt. And, you know, if you need to cry one minute and and scream the next or, you know, or take your energy out and run around the block or, you know, for me, it's like scrubbing down the kitchen counters. I gets out a lot of those feelings. Um, You know, it's allowing oneself to release the frustration, the anger, the fear, the sadness, but then allowing the sadness at at the same time and then reclaiming life, you know, and whether that's, you know, hugging your beloved, your pets, your children, your your spouses, your friends, um, going out into nature and looking up at the sky and just being, you know, aware that there is we are these teeny, tiny beings in a teeny, tiny little galaxy in an enormous universe and getting some perspective, some universal perspective, um, or feeling the wind on your face. Um, you know, doing those things that bring us these moments of joy and and reclaiming that hope, um, I think are so important for um, going through, what we're going through. It, it was a horrendous week um, and being okay with allowing yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling. You know, there's so much judgment. You should feel this. You should do this. You should go to this place and do that. And no, no, please don't, don't tell me what I need to do to process the way I feel. Um, it, it is individualized. And as Dr. Norman always beautifully talks about these kind of things is we tell our stories We tell them to to get them out and get them open so that there's no shame. This is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing. And that helps us bond to others. And that's what we really need. And I just saw a heart of wisdom up there. Um, But I also want to give such a big plug to his other book, The Angel Letters, because when we're experiencing grief. And his letters are about children, but it also addresses their parents and the siblings and the feelings we have and how to manage and express and process them. And it's such a beautiful book. So if you're um, needing some um, help with grieving and the processes, his other book, The Angel Letters, is such a beautiful book. The Heart of Wisdom is also um, amazing. I'm halfway through it, Um, but hopefully he'll step in and share.
1: Thank you, Dr. Allison. Wow. Uh, what a topic this is. It's so very true. A couple of things I want to add to it. Uh, and if Dr. Norman is available afterwards, I'd love to uh, tap into him. A lot of us take time for granted and, and time is something that is so precious to us. We just never know how much time we have or how much time the people that we love have with us. And this is why it's so important to be so appreciative, this idea of appreciating one another. There's the law of familiarity that once we have something or someone in our life, sometimes a little bit of time with them results in kind of not appreciating them as much as we did when they first came into our lives. We sometimes take them for granted. The law of familiarity will sometimes keep us from living in the true loving moment of appreciating what we have before it's taken away. Time is not guaranteed to any person. Do you have an hour? Do you have 10 years? Do you have 50 years ahead of you? I don't know. And I don't know how much time I have either. This is why it's so important that we live in every moment and make the best of every moment. Do not plant a certain thought in your head that will grow into a bunch of weeds and choke you. If you plant strawberries in a garden, you're going to get strawberries. If you plant something negative, you plant weeds into your garden, you're going to get weeds. So make sure that you are intentional with what you plant into your own life. Make sure that you are intentional with the time that you have, and make sure that you don't take anyone in your life for granted. This has been a very hard week and our hearts have been broken by the senseless acts of violence that were committed in Texas. I think we should just take a few moments just to to send and pour love into every one of us and everyone who has been affected by this thing. I'm just gonna take about 10 seconds or so. Let's just turn our thoughts to to love and pour love into those people. And if you pray, pray. If you don't, it's okay. Just take a few moments. Just give it a little bit of silence. Thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Norman, are you available?
11: I am, yes I am, thank you. You know, I I wanted to just, first of all, thank you everybody that has been saying such lovely things about the work that I do. I'm just trying, like every single person in this world to to be human and release whatever angel has been placed inside of each and every one of us. But I, I did wanna say in particular about this past week, What many of you may know is that I am a a grief therapist for, for mothers and fathers of children who have died from protracted illness, cancer, suicide, drug overdose, or car accident. So my work is really about bereavement and surviving after loss. And this week has been so particularly difficult because while I'm located in New York, the world at large is bereft. And so the mothers and fathers who come with their own personal traumas are re-stimulated in a way that uh, I never thought they would be before. So it's that much harder. And I found myself um, on the way to work this morning to see a few patients. And I pulled over on the side of the road and I just began to cry. and I. In the midst of my tears, I I was asking myself, what are my tears saying? What are they telling me? What am I crying about? And I couldn't. It wasn't my wife. It wasn't my children. It wasn't my work. It was the world. And I just needed to let it out. So Jacqueline, when you say, uh, and Dr. Allison, when you both say just to allow the free play of those feelings to come through, I beg everyone to do so. Remember, we do not enter into trauma. Trauma enters into us, and we need to ultimately first embrace the pain and then place the pain where it no longer assaults us. That is a very arduous and long journey. It requires patience, it requires spirit, it requires faith, and it requires endurance. And if you have more aloneness than you wish, I beg and pray you reach out to someone because grief is a singular experience but is better navigated in a plural public way. Please allow someone to hear what hurts inside. I assure you, after 30 years of grief work and 58 years of living, you will rise above the pain. And that's really what I wanted to say. God bless everyone in this room. May we continue to take care of one another for as long as we can. Thanks.
1: Oh, thank you, Dr. Norman. That was beautiful. Well, uh, we have come to the end of the room. And as is customary in this room, we invite our moderators to give final thoughts on this idea of how we can negotiate our way out of self-sabotage. And uh, Dr. Norman, did you want to add anything more? Um, because I, I invite you to do so. Uh,
11: I just, I can't believe I told you my age, but that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and, um,
5: you're, and you're not alone, you're not man. alone. <laughs>
11: Listen, um, we, we we may or may not have faith in a higher power, but we all have to have faith in a higher self. So reach inward and recognize the greatness that exists inside of each and every one of you and let that greatness come through.
1: I love it. I love it. Eleni, final thoughts?
10: Yeah, just live in the moment. Count your blessings and live in the abundance that life has given you. Because as we all know, life is so short. Be kind to yourself, love yourself, stand in your worth, and just know all things are
1: possible. Thank you, any. Dr. Allison.
7: Hi, I just want to thank everybody for their amazing shares today. The vulnerability uh, was beautiful and the strength was also amazing. And one of the things I like sharing with the people I work with is to maybe find some joy and satisfaction in your day. Maybe reengaging with an activity that you've kind of put on the back burner or You know watching a a movie or something that you've wanted to and you haven't been able to do so as safely as you know you're able to do, Um, maybe connecting with a friend who you know makes you laugh and brings you some joy. Or finding that activity that puts you in that flow mood where you forget time and is like coloring for some people, or drawing, or painting, or playing some music, or just getting outside. Really, I, I find that when people reconnect with their joy and their, you know, this wondrous sense of awe and creativity, um, we sort of take and reclaim life again. And that's, I think, important, especially in times like these. Thanks.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Allison and Jacqueline.
6: Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, You know, as much as I feel all of these people are part of my beautiful family, I always feel that connection with everyone that joins us in this room because it's personal. You know, it's personal for each and every one of us. And there was a question asked earlier in the front chat about, you know, how we stop the self-sabotage. And I want to just... to something that dr norman had said a minute ago you know this is a practice and being positive feeling love feeling love most importantly for ourself happiness it's all a practice it's something we need to set as our first and foremost intention for the day because as much as we can let life just take us over and we get on the hamster wheel and we start running without that intentional practice of what works for you. Every single human being is different. I can't tell you what's going to bring you happiness from the inside. I can't tell you how you bring that love from the inside out. We can only share what's happened in our own lives. But just know that this is the most important practice you could ever do for yourself every day. Because in you standing in the best version of who you are, That's how we then come together and we create the best version of the world that we want, not only for ourselves, but for our own children and generations to come. Thank you, Paul, for having us. And I love you all.
1: Well, we love you too. Thank you, Jacqueline. Michelle?
5: Well, I'm very filled with love, actually, and vulnerability right now. So the first thing I want to do is thank all of you for creating this space uh, and... This, the beautiful value that was here today uh, because I do always feel as if my self-discovery uh, is uh, like lit up when I'm in this room and uh, that I learn and also that I honor uh, because each person's share uh, is unique to me. So I want to thank everyone for that. And I guess I I had some thoughts that haven't been shared because everyone else shared so beautifully. I'm not going to go down that path. I just think if we're if we're going to self sabotage, and for a lot of us, one of the ways we sabotage is by sacrificing, right? So if you're going to sacrifice something, how about sacrificing like our struggle? Uh, how about how about looking at do we have struggle wired into one of our ways we think we need to be successful, and does and then it ends up self sabotaging us. If you're going to give up something, give up suffering, you know, um, by being starting to be conscious of how often we're saying suffering things to ourselves, things that are of judgment, things that are about lack. If you're going to get sick, get sick of living at less than full passion and joy, as Dr. Allison said, right? And I just think go in the direction of of joy, which is comes from within. Uh, and isn't like happiness sometimes at the effect of something else. And so uh, I just wanted to put that on the table and say it was a great and beautiful and wondrous day for me here in this room. And uh, I'm very grateful to you, Paul and King, for coming up with the inspiration to open up this room. And I'm uh, patting myself on the back for having found you. Um, And I'm, I'm just really shouting out to everyone that's come in right after me and found this room and continued to come and contribute in some way.
1: Michelle, we are so happy that you did join us. And I think it was fate. I do believe that the moderators who have joined this room, who continue to pour into people were meant to be here. Again, there's a power stronger than any one of us can imagine that brings us together and those vibrations that you pour into the world, it found a place here. And uh, you have so many great rooms in which you pour those vibrations into other people. So we were just meant to be. And thank you so much. And King, over to you.
3: Yes. You there, King? Uh, Yep. And once again, yes, thank you to everyone. And thank you, Michelle. I mean, once again, I'm so glad that you found us as well because I mean, you, Robert, Jacqueline, Dr. Allison, Eleni, Dr. Norman, I mean, without you guys, I don't know that, you know, as much as Paul and I, you know, really believed in this room and really would have, you know, and probably would have continued, it wouldn't have been the same and it wouldn't have been, you know, it it definitely would have been more of a struggle without the support of you guys Um, and also all the amazing people that come every single week. So, I mean, definitely thank you so much to all of you for helping us uh, keep this room uh, alive and for making it a beautiful space as well. And just very briefly, I just want to kind of echo some of what has already been said by uh, the other moderators in terms of just find something, once again, that just makes brings you some joy. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It could be something just small, but something that just brings you a little bit of happiness to your day. And I shared, I think, last week that uh, I recently brought ice cream back into my life, and I completely forgot that. I, I mean, I love ice cream but I hadn't had it for a while. So I went and got some ice cream and I make sure I keep some ice cream in the, in the freezer now, just in case. And so I just say to everyone, go find your ice cream and enjoy And that's <laughs> it for me, uh, over to you, Robert. Robert, are you
1: available? <laughs> Love that, King. Robert? Okay, Robert may be at the office. I know he had some things to do, but thank you. All right, let me say, I wanna thank each and every one of you for having come here today. To each and every one of my moderators, thank you for bringing the light into the room. Thank you so very much for being here. You guys rock and I I so appreciate you. For each and every one of the people who have joined us on stage, who found the courage to come up and share or ask, I thank you and I so appreciate you. And for everyone who's been in the listening lounge, I really appreciate you as well. Thank you for giving the non-refundable gift of your time to this room. It's because of each and every one of us in this room that makes it possible. And King and I would have done this for an audience of one because we believe, uh, each and every one of my moderators believe that we can make a difference in people's lives. And I believe that. I myself have challenged myself more than once. I've come out of that self-sabotaging state of mind that I felt I had been pushed into by people who used to tell me that I was no good and not going to amount to anything. That came from my teachers and that came from my father and that came from the abuse that I suffered. But I chose to leave those things behind because not everything happens to us. Sometimes it happens for us. No, it's not good to be abused, but what came out of that abuse for me was a moment When I was seven years old, on the ground after a beating from my father, when I looked up and I said, one day I'm going to be a policeman so I can arrest people like you. And I became that policeman. Never got to arrest my father because he killed himself before I ever joined the police department. But that was something that happened to me and something that happened for me. If there's something in your life that you can't let go of, a moment, an incident, something that happened to you, maybe re examine it, but not for long, but re examine it with different colored glasses. Did that help you to become the person that you are? Did it strengthen you? Did it give you armor? Did it make you the person that you are today? Did it teach you? Not all things that happen to us are things that we have to dwell on, we can move beyond, because our circumstances are ours to choose. So who would you be or become without your story, that negative story? Who would you become if you just let it go? And are you examining your narrative every day, the things that you're telling yourself? Is it outdated? Is it time to look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm pretty incredible. I'm pretty amazing. And I can become that person that I envision myself to become. There's nothing holding me back. The only person holding you back from becoming the person that you want to be is you. The energy that you bring into any circumstance is entirely up to you. If you're in a room with a number of people, then somebody walks in, and for some reason, everybody kind of glances over and they take a look at this energy that just walked into the room. And there's an appeal there that people look and say, wow. This person's really got it going on. Why isn't that you? Why aren't you tapping into that energy before you walk into any circumstance and say to yourself, I've got this. And I'm going to bring this positive energy into this room. And I am going to have fun and I am going to live the life that I deserve to live. Because you get to. You get to live the life that you deserve to live. It's your choice. Nobody's coming to rescue you. If you feel that you are going to be rescued someday by a knight in shining armor or any one of these, these uh, fairy tales that we have in our minds, that's not going to happen because rescue comes from within, just as happiness comes from within. Our happiness is not something that is given to us. It's something that we choose to give to ourselves. I can choose how I respond to everything. And if I choose to respond to a garden of weeds and allow those weeds to choke me out, then I'm not going to have the quality of life that I deserve. I've got to say, there are times in our lives that are going to be challenging. And as Rocky has said in his wonderful little spiel, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you're hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying that you ain't where you are because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Let's take responsibility for our lives and create the best life because I'll tell you this folks, at the end of my life, when I am on my deathbed, I do not wanna be visited by the ghost of missed opportunities who say, you could have brought us to life if only you had asked this person or only if you had gone for this, written that book, gone into that acting career. Whatever it is that you want to do, you don't want to be visited by the ghost of missed opportunities who say, you could have brought us to life. Nope. You want the other, uh, the other spirits to come up, the spirits of rock and roll who say, dude, <laughs> or do desk. This was a wonderful, wonderful ride. Let's create the wonderful ride for ourselves. Michelle, let's close off the room with a song and then we'll just uh, unmute and say goodbye. Until next time.
5: Thanks, Paul, and thanks for that um, that ending that you just shared, very powerful. I love that, the ghost of missed opportunities, or the ghost of possibilities missed. So this is a new song that uh, I just learned about but I think it's apt for this room. And I hope everyone will stay just to listen to the words. Uh, and it's by Leah Michelle. So give me two seconds to get into music mode and we'll go.
3: In the meantime, I did want to comment uh, where Paul said that uh, we would have done this room even if it was just for one person. And in, and the, beginning, in the beginning, it probably, it probably was. was. <laughs> so. Uh, it's
13: time to leave it all behind It's time to pick up the pieces of my scattered mind
4: and After all my petals fall I can finally find beauty beneath once and for
1: Michelle what a great choice for that so, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's let's just, send me let's just say goodbye thank you everyone thank you for, for, joining us. for joining us thank you everyone thanks have, thanks. have, have, a, great have a great, great week
7: great everyone. everyone have
1: a great, have a great week, week, on week on purpose, purpose. Bye, everybody. bye
0: everybody thanks for listening Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.